Today on the show, the guitar. The guitar. Not bad, son. Not so bad. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. I had this nutty idea 10 seconds before we started recording. Hey, we should do an opening jam. Yeah. Uh, so what you, uh, what, you had, what you just heard was uh, 100% just whatever, man. Off the cuff, Off as the they cuff. say. Off the cuff, yes. It was... Uh, Indeed. It was, that's, how, that's how you know we're real musicians here on this. Yeah, exactly. Uh, We've proven show. ourselves or... <laughs> We've really disappointed <laughs> yeah. our listeners yeah, with that's, garbage. That's a really, really good. It's, uh, it's, it's one or the other. Yeah, that's a really good possibility. There's a strong possibility there that yeah. people were just like, ooh. Yeah. But okay. we're going to make it up to you now. We're going to dive into uh, everything guitar. Yes. Um, when we uh, planned, doing, planned on doing this episode, we th- <laughs> uh, I was kind of like, you know, eh, we'll just kind of talk about guitars. It'll be sort of loosey-goosey. Uh, the last uh, episode we did, uh, which I was really excited about, I really enjoyed doing, about the Foo Fighters. Um, that was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun, and it uh, it definitely was a little long in the tooth. Uh, I was like, okay, so this week we're going to do just like, a, ah, we're just going to sit and chat about guitars. Yeah. And then I get to the studio, and then Adrian's like, you know, I, I don't want to do that. Or I want to do that, but I also want to do this and this and this and this and this. So, uh couple of uh of quick minutes of uh, of talking and uh we're gonna do an episode about guitar i'm really excited to talk about guitar every week i say the oh. same thing i'm i'm really excited and i'm gonna that's gonna be my catchphrase i think uh, <laughs> it's co- exciting yeah <laughs> blown wide open it's exciting indeed well uh, i think that's good that a first of all we're both excited about it that's you know it's it, yeah it's those podcasts that like people have been doing for years and they're just like ugh yeah, totally. Yeah. There's, a, there's a wrestling podcast. I listen to that, that you can tell the guy's like, I don't really want to be doing this anymore, but yeah. I'm sort of, uh, I'm beholden to it now. Indeed. Um, also, if you are noticing for our astute listeners, I have a new microphone today. I'm trying something out. So, well, that's exciting. Yeah. Let us know in the, uh, in the, the comments on the Facebook post or, or contact us some other way. Let us know if you like the sound of this microphone come to the studio and hang out yeah that'd be fun come to the studio and hang out mitch yeah <laughs> mitch who's one of our uh loyal loyal listeners loyal listeners a, yeah big shout out big shout out to mitch get that rentals area cleaned up yeah anyway uh, adrian tell us more about the show today yeah so we uh we had a little discussion here where we wanted to talk about what what is guitar? What is the guitar world about? What is a little bit of history of the instrument, uh, where it dates back to, uh, and where it's been and what it's going to do. Hopefully. Um, the guitar is such a wonderful instrument to play, uh, in terms of it's the tactile feeling of the instrument. It's something that you hold close to you. It's something where you can bend the strings with your fingers, and it's a very tactile instrument. Totally. When you when you hit it, it hits you back. Exactly. It's it vibrates res- with you. It's very responsive, and uh, I I guess we can just kind of romance on that, really. Yeah, I mean, we um, you know, I've, as we've talked about on the show before, we sell guitars for a living. That's um, our job. That's our job. So a lot of the stuff that we uh, talk to customers about, talk to clients and stuff like that. We don't even, we, Adrian and I, we don't even know that we know that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cause I mean, you, you've been selling guitars for many years. Yep. Um, so have I, I think it's just sort of sec. We don't, we, I think we kind of take for granted a little bit 
what we know about guitar. Mm-hmm. And I think that part of this was kind of saying, well, not everybody might not know this kind of stuff. And we'll, we'll sure. try to be as inclusive as possible. We might, we'll, we'll try not to be too technical. We'll try to explain ourselves as we go. Um, but uh, I also I just want to quickly agree with you about the tactile nature of the guitar. And I don't know, it's just something about it that is... Like, you can't strap a piano to your back. You know no, what I'm saying? You can't take um, a piano to the beach unless you have one of those portable things. But in the reality of it is that the guitar is something that goes with you where you go. Um, it's it's one of the greatest inventions of, of history, really. Yeah. I mean, when you what a, start to think about it as a machine and as a, a... For me, I look at the guitar as a communication device. Totally. That's my always been my approach to guitar has been a way of expressing things that uh, mere words cannot uh, portray. Whoa. Deep. There it is. That was deep, bro. Yeah. It's um, very true, though. Like, oh, totally I, it's true. I say that to I know you're saying that kind of in a... I, I know you're, it sounds a little cheesy, but I totally agree with you, and it's, you know, it's not cheesy. It's it's just true. Yeah, it, it is the truth. Is That's what we want to talk about on this podcast is the truth. The truth. Um, yeah, and uh, we'll get to all that, but let's start with a, a word that you uh, that you just mentioned there, invention. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, uh, and we're not going to like, you know, we're not going to bore everyone to tears with the exact historical, you know, timeline of how the guitar sort of uh, came to be. Um, but I think that the idea of shortening a string or making a string tighter to raise or lower its pitch has probably been around since, you know, the cave people, I would imagine. You know, somebody discovered somewhere along the way that you can make a note by hitting something, it'll vibrate. And if you make it shorter, the pitch is higher. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that sort of idea has probably been around since, you know, people were banging on you know, drums and around the campfire kind of thing. And I'm not talking about folk fest. When they've done archaeological expeditions, uh, they have dated instruments similar to the guitar back to the era of, of Babylonia. Yes, that is correct. Um, that's in my research. I found out that there was uh, depictions, um, you know, early uh, clay, like stone clay uh, indentations that people had depicted uh, and they chose someone playing what could be interpreted as a guitar. Um, And that was, yeah, that was 3,000 years ago or whatever it was. So that even the guitar as we know it, something that you play with two hands, something that you, you change the pitch of the note with one hand and strike the strings with the other. I mean, that goes back to, you know, well, according to my research, it was about 3,300 years ago. That's correct, yeah. Which is pretty crazy. And, you know, the instrument developed in Europe at that time, um, you know, with, with various, uh, in you know, incarnations of that same idea. I think you want to talk a little bit about the lute or the, or the yeah. oud. Yeah, I love the lute. The, the oud is another instrument, oud, too, that um, uh, is in that guitar family, the idea of the... Uh, an instrument that is a plank of wood with strings strung up. And that's sort of, you know, the early, early origins of the guitar there, as as Ian was mentioning. Um, When we get into the lute, which is sort of the precursor to the guitar, um, that's a wide variety of repertoire that came about it uh, when when the lute was invented. Um, A really early piece of music... uh, that was written for the lute was by Johann Sebastian Bach, and he wrote a series of pieces. Ah, that guy. Yeah, uh, you may have heard of him. Him I've heard of. Yes. Uh, he wrote a series of pieces uh, known as the Lute Suite, uh, which ha- lute has... Suite? Yeah, the Lute Suite. Lute Suite. Yeah. It's fun uh, to say. Yeah, it is fun to say, and it's fun to listen to as well. It's very... Say it at home with your friends. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a really incredible collection of music for the lute that uh, is designed to test the limits of what, you know, the player can do. Um, In the time that the lute has sort of died out as an instrument, unfortunately, guitar in its modern form has taken its place and and those pieces have been reinterpreted on the guitar. Um, 
but what I wanted to do uh, was maybe just showcase a little bit of what early guitar music uh, actually would have sounded like. Um, the earliest known guitar to exist in the world dates back to about 1590. Um, uh, and it's, uh, a guitar that I believe was made in Portugal, uh, by a Portuguese guitar. I was going to say, yeah. Cause, uh, Spain is a big country for guitar development. It is their national instrument. Well, there you go. See? Uh, and in fact, the word guitar is, it's, uh, origin you can trace back to Spain. It does go earlier back to ancient Greek. Greek. Yeah, that's um, correct. But guitarra. Guitarra is, is yes. the uh, the Spanish word, which was well, has been reinterpreted by other languages. Correct me if I'm wrong, and this is totally just coming to memory now. Is not standard tuning called Spanish tuning? I believe so. It, or a colloquial colloquially is yeah. referred to as Spanish tuning. Yeah, that, I, that that might be true. I I seem to recall that's. Let's go know. with that. Let's say yes. Yeah, and let the angry comments commence. Indeed. Uh, I'm going to play a little piece here, not me personally, uh, but this is... Oh, come on, do it. <laughs> uh, this is a piece called Pavana del Alexandra, uh, and this is really, really early guitar music. Um, this is about the 1600s is when this something like this would have been heard. Oh, uh, so here they we had go. iTunes back then? Indeed, <laughs> they, had, they, had, they had Spotify. Wow. Pretty incredible. That is incredible, yeah. Do you, do you know when that recording was done? Do you have that information? No. No. It was 1990. Yeah, something. Prince the, wrote the, it. The recording, the guitar is, is played on a on a traditional, what a traditional guitar at that time would have looked like. Oh, really? Yeah. That's cool. Because um, it went through different various amounts of strings too, correct? That's right. The, the courses courses that's yeah. right horses for courses well of course of of course <laughs> uh, oh that yeah. oh there's going to be so many bad jokes in this uh yep yep uh a course now correct me if i'm wrong you'd probably know is that a, isn't a course a set of two strings a set of two strings indeed it is right so sometimes Early guitars were four or five courses right so it's like a so the a mo, a quote-unquote modern guitar would be six strings uh, you've heard of a twelve-string guitar, of course. Uh, so a twelve-a twelve-string guitar is is a six-course six is a six-course instrument. So every string is doubled up with an additional string. Exactly. Um, that's usually tuned either an octave higher or tuned a, uh, a in unison. And we'll actually get to. I believe you have an example of that coming up. Yeah, I want to talk a little bit about twelve-string. Yeah. Okay. We'll we'll get we'll get there in a second, but. Uh, so instruments of the past, I believe, I want to say the lute was a four string or a four course, I should say. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. There's uh, variations on the lute of course, as well. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. And there's five course instruments and, and, and uh, uh, all throughout this sort of era. Um, so it's, a, it's, a, it's a, it, we're kind of in the developmental phase. I mean, you know, a, a modern mandolin, for an example, is also a four-course instrument, not tuned the same as a guitar. That's correct. Uh, but it is a four. So every every string is doubled with another string. Yeah. Um, I want to play another piece from kind of early 15th century. Um, I have this really wonderful uh, book of music that I uh, learned a lot of pieces from when I was learning classical guitar. Uh, the title of the book is The Library of Guitar Classics, uh, a compendium of the world's most beloved guitar classics, a splendid array of pieces that over the years have captured the imagination of music lovers. Mention a title that is universally known and loved. Chances are you will find it in this volume. Wow. 
it's and we're not being paid for that company we're just no, fans this is a really but if you want to pay us yeah. and you're listening to this publishers yeah. of this book just let us know we'll, yeah we'll, we'll talk we'll pm talk. us all right yeah 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 slide up in our dms yeah right? <laughs> okay okay um stay, this... on, stay on target <laughs> This book changed my life when I bought it. Wow. It really opened me up to a whole world. And um, the first piece in the book is uh, this really short uh, piece of music. I can't even pronounce the title. It's it's very long, uh, as you can probably see. Uh, me? Yeah. Yeah. You can see it over there. Uh, the composer is anonymous. Nobody knows who wrote this piece of music. Oh, yeah. uh, but the book goes in chronological order. Uh, and I kind of went through it in the, in the chronological order up until it hits um, basically about the turn of the, the 20th century. Interesting. Yeah. Did, did you find as you went through them that there was a noticeable change? Absolutely. In the music? Yeah. And oh, I, I bet, think yeah. that's kind of the journey we're going to go on with this, oh, this podcast. Yeah, that's right. Really we are. Yeah. Uh, so... I want to play a little bit of this piece as well, uh, because this is one of the earliest known pieces uh, that's kind of readily available that you can learn. Uh, that's It's very accessible to learn this, this piece of music. Um, I have a Spotify playlist of all the music that we um, put together today for this podcast, and I'm going to put it up on the Blown Wide Open podcast Facebook page. So this is something that if you want to check out these pieces, you can go and check out that Spotify playlist. You can listen along with us. Indeed you can. Um, so this is Si Io Mi Accorgo. Um, there's a longer name to it, but I can't pronounce those words. sort of the basic idea of the piece there did you say that was supposedly easy or did you use the word accessible it's accessible it's not an extremely challenging piece to play um, really well really? i'm looking at the sheet music right now it's very much just quarter notes eighth notes um double stops yeah a little bit of double stops but i do want to say that in the grand scheme of obviously what guitar music has become, this piece is written quite simply also just due to the time period that it's written in. Um, this is when music was really starting to, to be delved into more deeply. Hmm. This is the very early iterations of what uh, polyphony or polyphony was sort of becoming a thing. Um that meaning that we're using more than one note. We're using harmony. Uh, and the idea of, you know, a string instrument being able to be tuned and then played in harmony in very much the way that you could take a group of people and have them sing in harmony is a really sure. incredible thing that, that the guitar uh, or guitar-like instruments of the time were, were all of a sudden be able to do. That it wasn't just one string on a plank of wood. Now it's multiple strings and we can create harmonies and chords from that. Right. There is, uh, I must say that, um, you know, classical music is something, classical guitar music, I'll say, uh, is definitely not uh, in my wheelhouse, um, either as a listener or as a player. And I, uh, I am, I, I'm always blown away, always impressed. I'm blown wide open, if you will, mm -hmm. by, uh, I mean, even I was going to say by really good, you know, classical players, but even anybody that can pull that kind of stuff off, it's just so like foreign to me that it's super impressive. You, Indeed, know, what I'm, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Uh, people who can just, as, like, you know, the, in the store that we work in, rarely, but every now and again, you'll have a guy come in who can really play classical stuff. And yeah, it truly is just, shred. 
Yeah, it, and it is it is a, it is an impressive sight. Uh, I know there was a guy in an old store I used to work at. I always used to come in, and he kind of knew he was really good, and he kind of had that you know, yeah, I'm the I'm the, I'm the real guitar player in here kind of yeah. attitude. But I'll be damned if he couldn't back it up, man. That dude could rip, and it was so soulful and so, um, like flawless and and supple, and you know what I mean. It just it just flowed. It didn't have any like, you know, it didn't, it, it was just, it was uncanny. Uh, and apparently he was also, he was one of those guys that like learned classical music at one point in his life. And then the eighties happened and now he's, he turned into a shredder, but then he stayed the look of a shredder until he was in, in the two thousands. So he had the long hair and the, you know, the, he still looked like an eighties guy, but he's, you know, back to playing classical guitar, which I thought was kind of fun. Well, funny enough, the guitar teacher I had um, for about three or four years uh, was exactly that. Uh, the bulk of the the classical training that I had um, was from a guy that, yeah, he went to school, studied classical guitar, but then did the shredding stuff in the 80s and then went back. Of course. Yeah. Well, I guess, I, you know, you don't make any money past the seventh fret, as they say. Indeed. <laughs> uh I mentioned a piece of music uh, earlier in the podcast uh, that was the lute suite from Bach. So these pieces date about 16th uh, century. As you move into Bach's era, you get into the Baroque era of music. So this is kind of moving past the Renaissance era. Uh, and the Baroque era is a whole world where where harmony became started to become very complicated. Um, and the technical aspect of playing instruments was greatly improved mm. uh, things got more interesting in that more notes could be played at once and this piece of music that I'm gonna uh, play for you now um, played by the guitar player John Williams not the composer there are two John Williams out there in the music world one is the great I'm American sure there's more than two yes to be fair well in the in the music world though there are two main John Williams one is uh, the episode two uh, of our podcast uh, topic uh, or subject which was John Williams the American composer there is also John Williams the Australian guitarist who is a phenomenal phenomenal player and has recorded all of the great pieces and plays them perfectly without question he is amazing and he learned i'll be the judge of that adrian (laughs) uh and he learned from a guitar player uh whose name was uh andres segovia and we'll 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 hit him after this one but i want to play a little bit of this lute uh suite here for you know just to hear how, how incredibly technical uh this uh piece of music is here It's amazing. Wow. So two things struck me. Three things. Um, one, you you can't even hear things like str- like yeah the str- like uh, the string, scratching of the scratching. string. Like even that has been excised from his playing, which is very uh, very impressive. Uh, the second thing was that you, the audience, can't see this, but 
Adrian did this thing with his fingers as the flourish of the of the guitar player uh, during the trills. Just sort, yeah, during the sort of the crescendo, he he kind of raised his hand and wiggled his fingers to accentuate the uh, the notes. Uh, which I and he had a and he had a, a I can't say the I can't say the real phrase, but he had a poop eating grin on his face. <laughs> um, this is a piece that I really, oh hey dude I, I, get, I got chills actually like sure. listening to that. Hey, I'm just making fun. It is absolutely incredible. But the third thing I thought of is that John Williams and John Williams should do an album. I always dreamed of that happening. John uh, Williams does John Williams, and you I don't mean, know who's doing whom. That'd exactly. be amazing. Yeah, it would be incredible. John Williams does Star Wars. <laughs> I that I would pay. I oh. would give all my money for that. That's one of those gigs where you'd have to like, he's playing one time. And is it first of all? Is the other John Williams still alive? That is correct. He is. He, he is. Wow. Okay. So he's playing one gig in Sydney. Yeah. You know, and he's playing Star Wars. It's like, well, there goes my credit card because yeah. I am buying a plane ticket to Sydney. Oh man, to go see that show. Anyway, yeah, I, I've, I, I again, as I just said, um, not a not a classical listener myself personally. Uh, though I will be in an upcoming episode, indeed, uh, which will probably be the two-part epic, how to listen to classical music. I'm so excited. I'm, uh, d- I'm deep in research for that right now. Yeah, so that'll be one of those ones where we gotta like, you know, take a few weeks to to get all that sorted. Yeah. Um, but a- again, it's incredible. You're right. It's flawless, but it's not soulless. No, not at all. Because you one can of- you can have a cr- incredible technique, um, sort of like that one episode of. Uh, Oh man, Star Trek, uh, Next Generation, where where uh, where Data's playing the violin, and he's playing it. I want to say it's with his mom or who he thinks is his yes, mom. Yes, that's correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, the, the, and they're doing like Brahms or something. Yeah, like they're that. doing a violin uh, concerto concerto together, and he could tell that she wasn't human because she was playing it so flawlessly. Yes, that's how he knew that. She, spoiler alert, by the way. For uh, that episode, for yeah, that episode, that, that which came is out twenty-five in, years ago, yeah, <laughs> um, that uh, she's actually an android, same as him, uh, because he she, uh, uh, she played the piece so flawlessly. Yeah, and what I mean is that this case is you can it's flawless, but it's still got soul. Well, and and that actually that episode of of Star Trek, uh, I think it is that episode. There is an episode where Data plays violin and he's talking to the captain about. Uh, you know, the captain asks him, like, how are you choosing to interpret the piece or something like that? And he says, well, I'm taking bits of this player and that player and that player right, and, yeah. and combining their styles together. And and Captain Picard, you know, uh, says to him, well, you need to make it your your own style. You need to interpret it in that way. But that being said, a this lot is, of... This is not a Star Trek podcast. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm coming... Give me a minute here. I'm coming <laughs> I'm around to something. Sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, the sum of a, of a player of a musician's parts is other players. Sure. It's, it, we are the sum of who we've listened to. Absolutely. And you can take a guy like uh, John Williams, the classical guitarist, uh, his influences, although he is mainly an interpreter of others works, right? You can hear his influences in the way he plays. Um, Interesting. But classical music is so different and we'll really touch on this more in the, in the how to listen to classical music episode that's coming up. Um, Classical music is much more about interpreting works, and that is why it is so different and and viewed very differently than playing your own work and it, interpreting your own emotions. Sure. Um, now, you were saying at the beginning how when we listened to the early pieces of, of classical guitar music that they sounded somewhat difficult to you, but yeah. I'm going to use the get into some of the technical stuff for a second. Do it. Um, That's why we hired you for the podcast. Exactly. So the one of the first pieces we listened to there had eighth notes and quarter notes. Everything was very simple. Everything was very structured. Uh, there was very strong downbeats. When you get into the lute suite, we're now ahead by a couple hundred years. Uh, this piece starts with a run of 16th notes. And we count 16th notes as 1e and a 2e and a 3e and a 4e and a... We get this whole run of 16th notes for, uh, it's about four bars, and then uh, there's a pause, and then there's something called a 30-second note run. And when I learned, I learned the first part of this piece uh, when I was uh, studying classical guitar, and I always hated when I hit this part, because then it was, I had to really focus and concentrate, because it's a very difficult run to do. Um, And then everything gets... Can I interrupt you for one moment? Yeah. I'm sorry. Um... Because 
even I, even I, the great <laughs> Ian James, um, you know, when you're talking about quarter notes and 32nd notes and things like that, maybe just really quickly uh, in, a, in a sentence, just sort of say, well, what do you mean by that exactly? So that's uh, how much we're dividing up the beat. Right. So if the beat is... Those are quarter notes. Let's see if notes. I can do this. Yeah. Eighth notes. Well, what about be, half? Okay. Uh, eighth notes would be one and two and three and four and one and two and three and four and sixteenth notes would be two e and a three and a four e and a one e and a two e and a three and a four e and a. Which I'm really used to being as like quite a, kind of a heavy metal player. Yeah, totally. And that kind of comes down to where you accent it. Yeah. I mean, I'm exaggerating it, but. Yeah. So you have that pulse. Exactly. Yeah. And 32nd notes, I'm not sure if I, if I can even do. Well, 32nd notes, it's just a whole other world. It's, it's, it's getting into that really, really quick stuff. Carry on. So we have 32nd notes runs. We have syncopation in this piece. Uh, beyond that, the harmony, and you heard those really big blocky chords uh, that are played. The harmony is so much more advanced. Um, I'm just going to grab my guitar for a oh. second see if I can play a little bit here. He's getting his guitar, ladies and gentlemen. You probably can't hear it as well. but uh, th- That first piece we listened to opens with a D minor chord. goes to an A minor and then an E major uh, chord. Uh, this piece, uh, the first chord that's played uh, has uh, an F sharp in it, has an A, and it has a D sharp. This is a really crunchy... Very crunchy. Very crunchy chord. Uh, and then it resolves, to this, resolves to this E minor chord, and that's that... It's such a big, bold statement of that chord. Uh, but then it gets more interesting. We start to get some some diminished chords in there. Uh, and then it just keeps getting more and more complicated as you go throughout the piece. So harmony has become more complicated. And as the guitar develops and the lute develops, where, and the players develop, sure. and the construction techniques develop, it allows composers to write music that is more complicated uh and thus the style evolves that's a very interesting actually thing you just said about the construction you mean of the instruments themselves that's correct yeah because i can imagine that you know there was probably a time where instruments were sort of i mean now i don't know maybe you can confirm this Mm -hmm. that instruments weren't necessarily thought of as being a precise a precision thing they were probably good enough but as as construction techniques got better and as things were discovered and as techniques were developed and so on and so forth you got to instruments that were getting more and more precise probably easier to play probably designed differently and as like you just said if you have a uh, you know if you develop a car that drives faster you're going to drive faster if you develop an instrument that's easier to play you're going to play more complicated stuff that's correct now when we move forward uh one of the important things to note about the guitar is actually how it was played with your hands. Early guitar was played with the pads of your fingers, not nails, which is uh, what I'm about to get to next. Um, the modern classical guitar uh, was the dimensions, I guess, were designed by a uh, Spanish gentleman by the name of Antonio, Antonio uh, de Torres, uh, Juardo, and... Uh, at that point, the guitar moved forward into a really the the shape that we understand, the look that we have come to know, um, and then also the use of playing with your fingernails, actually growing your nails out on your right hand, which allows you to open up a whole new world of techniques. And uh, the piece that I've chosen to really demonstrate this—it's one of my favorite classical pieces of all time. It's extremely difficult to play. It uses a technique called tremolos. Mm. And um, this is played um, by the great, great guitarist who changed guitar forever. Uh, His name is uh, Andres Segovia. He had fingers the size of sausages and uh, 
played incredibly beautifully, beautifully, um, but he was kind of a dick. <laughs> there it I've is. Seen, I've seen videos of him giving instructions, and that's the kind of hard hitting journalism you get from a <laughs> podcast like this. Segovia, kind of a dick. Yeah, uh, but a beautiful, beautiful player of the guitar, and uh, this is just an incredible piece. Piece called Recuerdos de la Alhambra which Ooh. is uh, Memories of Alhambra, which is a place in Spain. And this is a, just a beautiful piece of music. Here we go. Play it. I've heard you play that before. I have, or yeah. Attempt to. Yes, I played. I always play a little bit of it uh, when I can. One uh, one sort of thing that sticks out for me is, um, and we'll I think we'll 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 get into this uh, a little bit later with some of the art, other artists that we're going to talk about. But mm-hmm. that's one person playing. That is one person yeah. playing. Yeah. So when you hear that, uh, and and Adrian will explain it a second here. When you hear that 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 faster picking part. Yeah, and then you hear the sort of more melo- arguably melodic or whatever, but the doom doom doo doom doo doo doom, which I you, I guess you might call an arpeggio. Yeah, so of some an, kind. It's an A minor arpeggio. Right, and that's all played with the thumb. And the the fingers are doing the 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 faster part. The which tremolo. I, I I don't really feel like doing right now because it's extremely difficult to do. Yeah, don't don't make a fool of yourself. Uh, yeah, um, on the internet, there's yeah. enough people doing that. <laughs> so this is where the guitar evolved and changed. And what year are we talking here? Do you give me this a... is this is the when the 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 top of the century of the twentieth twentieth century. Yeah, it's like nineteen hundreds. Nineteen hundreds. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Now, that's what's happening in Europe. Right. Now, when we go to uh, the North American part of the world around this same time period, guitar, of course, did make it across the Atlantic. Um, I've heard, uh, sorry to interrupt you, but I've heard people refer to the guitar as an African instrument, which I was always sort of confused by. Really? Yeah. Um, I... Do you, do you know, now I'm actually asking you, do you know sort of how guitar made it over to, I'm assuming with, you know, Spanish people and explorers it, and stuff. That I has imagine. to be it, yeah. But I've also heard that, you know, it could have also been um, like, for lack of a better word, like a, an instrument that might have been played by slaves as well, you know, that they're kind of, that's that might be where people think that, that it's a quote unquote African instrument. I don't know. I'm just sort of saying what I've what I've what yeah, I've heard. I think that's. I mean, that's certainly where a lot of blues guitar obviously came from. Is that? Yeah. If anybody's going to have the blues, indeed. So uh, we get into something called Delta blues. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Nope. Okay, then I will. Uh, Delta blues is basically. Hey, if you're going to ask me a yes or no question, you're going to get a yes or no answer. Well, that's that's all I all I wanted. Yeah. Delta blues is basically an area of the world known as the Delta. Um, and it's, it's Southern a, United States. a style of, of blues music associated with this part of the world. And, uh, and the most famous person from that, that era, uh, is Robert Johnson. Yeah. Um, I do want to talk about the Delta blues. <laughs> good. good. <laughs> I was just, I was just being a bit of a Segovia on you. Um, and, uh, yeah, Robert Johnson, he's the, uh, the archetype 
the uh, the sort of the 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 forerunner, the forebearer of sort of that style of music. Um, which once you hear it, uh, we're gonna play a clip for you. Once you hear it, you'll know. Oh yeah, you, you know that the Delta Blues. That's the sound of it. Um, he himself, as a man, was a, obviously a. I mean, he he could be and might be the subject of an entire podcast. But the long and the short of it is, is that the the sort of story goes is that uh, he was a adequate, a passable guitar player. You know, playing in the you know, the, like the dance halls and the juke joints of the era and, you know, doing that kind of whole, uh, the whole scene. Um, and then it, he supposedly made a deal with the devil at the crossroads in Mississippi, I believe. And overnight he became an incredible, uh, you know, almost, uh, I don't know what word I want to use, sort of like, from on high kind of guitar player no one else could touch him in terms of of just pure skill and uh, so and plus a lot of the subject matter that he would write about uh had a lot of um devil satan hell sort of um uh, th- uh themes to them and i think he was sort of feeding into his own legend i think a little bit by that time he was probably had heard the rumors about himself and was probably cultivating them a little bit um but regardless, um, I think one of the cool things about Robert Johnson, as we're going to hear in, in a couple seconds here, is that um, some of these other parts, with the exception of um, um, uh, Segovia, right? That was him actually playing. That's correct. Yeah. You know, very early recording, as you can hear. It's- yeah. A lot of these things we've been talking about so far have been interpretations of something that was written in the 1600s or 1500s, when, of course, there was no recording technology. Now we're starting getting into the era of guitar where you're actually hearing the original recordings um, uh, of these artists that were probably made on wax discs or whatever the recording technique was at the time. The Edison disc. Yeah, I think the idea of music not uh, being something that was passed down, uh, obviously, by just people teaching music to each other, but the art of music being written down is is really what I was just talking about for the, you know, the first you know 45 minutes of this podcast. Um, as you move forward, though, recording does take over, and that becomes the new way to pass sure music along. Yeah, and you get to hear how arguably the artist would want you to hear it, yes. rather than looking at the notes and being like, well, you know, I'm going to put my own little flourish here and there. Yes. Now you get to hear um, somebody like Robert Johnson, who was a massive, massive influence on the sort of, maybe not the immediate wave of of uh, of guitar players which we'll also get to in a minute yeah but maybe the wave after that um definitely the british blues players of the sort of 60s and 70s i mean um i believe it was keith richards that famously said and this is what i was talking about before when he first heard robert johnson recordings he's like you know wow that's great um and somebody said yeah it's robert johnson and then keith richards said yeah but who's the other guy playing yeah. Meaning that he thought it was two people playing, but no, it's not. It's one guy playing this. That's correct. Um, and that will, that's sort of what, you know, knocked uh, Keith Richards' socks off was that uh, he, you know, was for for the guitar, at least as we know it, being a relatively new instrument in the grand scheme of things at that time. Yeah. You know, for somebody to be so skilled, they may have indeed sold a soul to the devil. But why don't you play us something and you be the judge? See, now that gives me chills, dude. Yeah. That's like just the voice and the, the just like I'm, you know, playing from the gut. When you hear that intro too, I, I totally could see why Keith Richards would have thought that was two people. There's like, uh, um, uh, what's it called when you have two 
Oh, I'm blanking on this, but when you're the technical guy, man. <laughs> there's you know I'm the base, hack player. There's a remember. baseline that's moving against you know uh, thing contrary motion. That's the word I'm oh, looking for. Very good. There's some contrary motion going on. There's really incredible work being done on the instrument. The thing that really pops out to me when I hear that piece of music is that this is the first piece that we've listened to on steel string instead of gut string. Ah, yes. Talk to us a little bit about that. I would love to. Uh, Do it. Early guitars, uh, they had to make the string out of something. Uh, Generally, it was lamb or goat gut. Um, They don't do that anymore. Uh, Yeah, and when we say gut, we mean the guts. The guts. The internal organs of animals. Sometimes you'll still hear the old timers say, hey, do you have those gut strings? Yeah. Uh, And obviously they don't make that anymore can you buy them at all at anywhere on the planet anymore yeah i know a guy yeah okay we'll talk after we yeah, we'll talk after yeah. after we're after we're done yeah pm us if you want real gut strings yeah um do not that is no no no, no, no not at all <laughs> joke that's a joke <laughs> joke 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 jokey um, joke jokey joker too. Uh, but uh yeah sorry carry on they were made out of real animal parts yeah uh, and then we decided that that wasn't a good thing to do. And we switched to nylon for, to get that same sort of sound. And nylon is just a much more easy material to work with. Yes. But so, uh, this the, the, person. Uh, yeah. So that's the, the softer, it's a softer sound. When you get to the steel string guitar, it's a much harsher, it's a brighter, it's a more loud sound. Harsher and uh, more attack. It's, it's aggressive. Yeah, probably, probably invented, you know, as as the you know the music uh, tastes of the time sort of developed, and you and you know the big bands and whatever else needed to happen, and or if you're one guy playing in the corner of the juke joint and you got to play enough music for the whole place to hear, you know, there's no amplification at this time, there's no way of making that thing louder. So if you have gut strings that are naturally supple and quiet and designed to be so, you might need something that's going to be louder, more aggressive, so that you can reach that person in the back of the bar. And this is really where the construction process of the guitar had to change. They had to do something to change how the guitar was projected. Because at this time period, there was no microphones. There was no amplification. They tried a couple different things. Uh, the first thing is something called a resonator guitar. Yes. And that is literally taking a big giant steel cone and shoving it into the guitar. Yeah. When I describe it at the store, now I'm going to back away from the mic a little bit. I sort of liken it to putting your hands over your mouth as if you were yelling at someone across a gorge. Exactly. It. It. This is me without it. This is me with it. And you can hear how it kind of focuses the sound a little bit. Yeah. Um, and yeah, when Adrian said a cone, yeah, it's a cone that points out to the audience and it focuses the sound in one direction. And then there was a company out there called the Martin Guitar Company. And never heard of them. Never heard of them. No. Eh? Martin, you say? Yeah, that's Martin. correct. Martin. Yeah. Martin? That's correct. Okay, cool. Yeah. Tell us more. Uh, C.F. Martin uh, is the gentleman who started that company. And uh, he was from Germany, I believe. And he moved to New York, and he was building guitars there. And then he relocated to uh, Pennsylvania. And at the time, the guitar uh, was a very small instrument and uh, was primarily played in the banjo mandolin orchestra. That's correct. And and if I may interject, I don't know if you're please, about to say this. No, go ahead. Um uh, the guitar at that time was also primarily played by females. That's correct. I was, yeah. I was That's good. where you were going? Yeah. See? Ah, oh, we're so... We're in so, parlors. That's in, why in the parlor. Yeah. In the parlor of your home. That's correct. You know, you'd have the ladies playing the guitar as a, you know, a, a background or, or whatever it was. Entertainment. Which historically, the instrument has always been sort of used in that way. There's a, a whole series of pieces that I could totally talk about of jesters basically in, in a king's right. court just playing music and they were just they were like the the they were a live radio pretty much yeah so when you hear the phrase parlor guitar which you know it's kind of hard to imagine thinking hearing about it on a podcast but it's a, just a smaller sort of more elongated 
sort of guitar, but it's very narrow and very long. That's correct. That's where that name comes from. Because that that's what the guitar was at that point in history. Enter Martin. And Martin did something incredible. They made the guitar bigger. And at the time, Go the figure. most, uh, or sorry, the largest vessel at the time in the world was the British dreadnought ship and uh cf martin was a a a a history nut and 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 was passionate about uh the navy and and that kind of thing so he invented this larger guitar and they called it the dreadnought after the ship that yeah. was i always thought that was earlier but it's actually it was in the 30s or so that's that, that was done yeah. yeah i always thought it was like way back in the day but relatively speaking that was in the 30s that martin invented that guitar yeah and I just want to reiterate the Dreadnought guitar. I tell people that all the time. What's the difference between all these guitars? You know, why is Martin so expensive? And, you know, yada, yada, yada. Um, and there's many answers to that. But I tell people a lot, you know, the Dreadnought, you know, when you look at the wall of guitars, how 90% of them are that shape? Martin invented that. They, invent- they named it. Exactly. The Dreadnought. And then you wonder why Martins are expensive because they invented the flipping thing. They didn't. They're patent the originators. It, they didn't. They didn't patent the design. Idiots. Yeah, which allowed other companies like the companies that Robert Johnson played a Gibson. Gibson, that's right. Uh, Though he did not play a Dreadnought. He did not. He played a smaller uh, OM style guitar, L right? or whatever they called it at the yeah, time. Yeah, exactly. Or orchestra model. That's where orchestra that, that model. term comes from. And that orchestra model is not talking about a symphonic orchestra. It's talking about the banjo mandolin orchestra, right? As part of a more instruments that exactly. kind of that that usage of the word. And the banjo and mandolin are naturally quite loud. They project very easily, and the guitar needed to keep up. And also, halls were getting larger. As right. well, and the, and the amount of people in an audience grew. Um, then something called the twelve-string guitar came along. Yes, uh, and a style of music known as Piedmont blues uh, also came about. And uh, I want to play a piece. Um, uh, who's it by? It's by Blind Willie McTell. Uh, this is called "I Got the Cross the River Jordan." Wow. Isn't that amazing? It really is amazing. And such a stark contrast to uh, to John Williams in that, you know, to my ear, it seems like he's going for that flawless, no noise, no, uh, that perfect execution. Playing something off a page. Right. But no, no, no scratchiness, no noise. That what we just heard, that is all scratchiness, baby. That is like, that is, that is as you hear it, that is from the gut. Yeah. That is a microphone in front of a dude just playing and that's what you hear. Yeah. And that oh man, that and and that I think probably influenced a lot of people into how you're supposed to record, you know, a, an album. How you're supposed to record a song. It's not it's supposed to be it's supposed to be a document, a documentation of what you're able to do, not a representation of what you're able to do. You know? It's supposed to be this is what you would sound like if you if if I played you a, uh, if I played it live to you it would sound the same as if I played it on a recording. Well, and that's always what I found fascinating about the the art of recording versus the art of writing music. Um, to me, someone writing a piece of music is is sort of like telling a story or conveying a, a, an emotion, but the art of recording is about capturing time. I believe that's how Hans Zimmer, the the uh, modern composer, describes it: is trying to capture a moment in time. That's very interesting. Yeah, I like that. Um, so yeah, so I would say that the next sort of development, as you know, as you would put it, Adrian, is when you know that kind of uh, those that style that's you, you described it as the steel string sort of sound. 
you know, when that yeah. went back over to Europe, we got into sort of a new a new style. I would say the next big development in sort of guitar music at the time, which was whom? Django Reinhardt. Django. And Django's not that it's not that movie the you know yeah the, the, it's not the Tarantino movie you're thinking of exactly yeah but it is the Tarantino movie is good I did like it did you like that movie I did not like that movie really yeah did not interesting I didn't mind it it was good because Christoph Waltz was in it and he's just I love that guy he's he's very good yeah. who doesn't love that guy anyway so Django Reinhardt uh, born in 1910 um, was a uh, Belgian born french guitar player right and uh he has a really interesting uh somewhat sad story uh he lost the control of of two of his fingers is in his left hand he was a guitar player and, and and lost the control of his his ring finger and his pinky his left hand but i think there's i'm sorry there is just one more layer of that story that i think needs to be said it was in a caravan fire. Yeah. So, so although I, I'm, I'm sort of uh, remiss to use the phrase because it is a little bit, uh, you know, it could be construed as a bit off color, but he was a gypsy, That's essentially. Uh, gypsy in the almost literal of the time uh, uh, sort of phrase, I guess, or whatever, nationality or, or band of people, whatever you kind of want to call it. Um you know, he was traveling in a caravan from, you know, all over the all over the, the sort of Europe or whatever it was. And when he lost the, the control of his fingers, he lost it in a caravan fire. <laughs> so think yeah. about that for a second. A caravan fire. That's how he lost control of his fingers. Anyway, carry on, Adrian. Yeah. So he was like a young boy, I guess, when that happened. And um, he had to change his approach to the instrument. And he basically came up with a new way of playing where he could use his first and second finger. Uh, so his index and his middle finger to play the guitar. Occasionally, I have seen and heard things that he did actually use his third finger to, to kind of throw it on the guitar, I guess, to, to get a, a chord, sure. to form a full chord. Um, but the bulk of what you hear when you hear Django music is, is two fingers right. on the left hand. And when you hear it and when you try to play it, as I had to struggle with in college, uh, it's not easy. And what he accomplished with two fingers is it's really, really remarkable. It is. And the reason we're talking about uh, Django Reinhardt is that he was another one that was very influential on a lot of guitar players to come. And again, not necessarily that next generation of guys, but maybe the generation after that yeah. um, was very, you hear a lot of, um, a lot of guitar players sort of drop the name of of Django Reinhardt as 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 an inspiration. If nothing else, an inspiration to say, well, geez, if that guy can do it with, you know, with the quote, I'll use the word quote unquote limitations, but with his, you know, uh, way of playing his and modified approach, yeah. modified approach, but he was able to still do what most couldn't do with five fingers, you yeah. know, and we'll hear that in a second when we play the clip. Yeah. So he was one of the first first people to to put the guitar at the forefront of the this new genre of, yes. of music called jazz. Yeah, jazz. Yeah, jazz. Something, yeah. I've heard of it. I yeah. uh, something. So and and jazz is really a, a a a development of blues music. Yeah, and and I think that that's a very good point and I want to re I want to stress that. Up until this point, um, no, the guitar music was around, of course, but the guitar wasn't necessarily the focal point. The guitar was the the vessel that you carried a song with, or you know, you were a singer, a singer songwriter, or a singer and a and a player. You might have a guitar with you, or what have you. But it's arguable that this is getting into the period where guitar was the focal instrument. It was well, the instrument. And I think one of the, the things with the guitar, because it's a six-string instrument, there's so much potential for, for chords uh, that it was just such a great rhythm instrument. It's a great backing instrument. It's totally. so supportive. To this day. Uh, I mean, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the bulk of the gigs I do are, are purely just a supportive role for other musicians. Um, and that's, hey, that's fun. I'm, I'm all good with that. That's right. Just pay me my money. It pays my bills. 
Um, so this idea of hot jazz guitar was this thing in, in France at the time. And uh, it, it changed everything. Um, and then Django met a gentleman named Stefan Grappelli, who was a violinist. And together they, they created a group. And they did uh, Gypsy Jazz. Gypsy and, Jazz, yes. And that sounds like this. This is one of the most famous pieces in the world. It's called uh, Minor Swing. incredible it's shocking it really is it's just so amazing and uh, the sort of what i uh i mean i can't really contribute a lot to that style because i don't really play like that per se but uh, all i can say is that if you're uh or i have described to to people like if i'm trying to teach them a song or something like that just do just do the, the you know do it do a django you know, it's it's got that sort of bouncy kind of feel to it, and that's I I would use the word you know Django, and it, and they know immediately. Oh yeah, you know what I mean? It's it's almost yeah. become its own. It's like Xerox. It's almost become its own thing. You know, I guess it'd be a minor, right? Yeah, the the it's the minor six chord is what makes makes uh, the gypsy gets you the gypsy jazz sound. Wow. Yeah. What is that? A. Yeah, A, a minor six. Okay. We're just gonna take uh, a couple minutes here and teach me a jazz chord. So it's that, that, that one, right? Yeah. And I played in a gypsy jazz Very group cool. when I was in in college, uh, which was just super exciting. And one of the things that's really difficult about the style is how on top of the beat you have to be. Yes. Uh, you're not really playing directly on the beat. It's a little bit above the beat um so instead of playing things it's very much this aggressive nature right it's it's really a snap in the hand it's a flick in the wrist uh to get that sound Not slinky, not. Uh... I broke a sweat doing that, like literally. Wow, that's uh, that's very impressive. Wow, and you or I'm out of shape, or you're out of shape. Yeah, probably that one. Yeah. What? Uh, so, what year would this have brought us up to? So Here. this is like 1930, 1940. 1930, 1940. Um, so, at that yeah, at this point, things had gotten big. Uh, performances were so large. Everything in music was getting bigger and bigger. It was becoming a, a advanced form of media. Yeah, and technology was following along with it. That's correct. Um, and um, because I think we have uh, kind of come to a close of the of the at least the classical era of guitar playing. I think we should also bring this podcast to a close. Yeah. And we'll pick it up again uh, next week. Um, and we'll talk more about uh, the guitar, talk more about the modern era, how technology sort of brought it to the place that it is. And we're going to bring it right up to pretty much modern day. We're going to go right from where we left off, 
finish off the story about the electric guitar. Yeah. For those of you who are still with us, that is. Indeed. Yeah. I mean, not passed away, but like people who You're are still listening, listening to the podcast. Yeah. Mitch. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for, thanks for sticking this far, Mitch. We really appreciate it. Yeah. But uh, anyway, I've had a great time talking about guitar. Yeah. As, as always. And now we're going to get into the more, I'd say my, my era, I guess yeah. I'd say. So I'm looking forward to next week's podcast. Yeah, it's, a bit of a, it's a crossover now. Yeah. There you go. Crossover. Mm. All right. Anyway, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you guys uh, next week. Thank you very much. Have a good night. Or day or afternoon, morning, whatever. Whenever you're listening to it, really. No, you only can listen to this at night. Yeah, that's correct. So that we are correct. Exactly. Say good night. Yeah. Have a good one. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye.